What's up, what's up, y'all? What is going on? I'm in my bag, and I got a lot to talk about this week. First of all, if you don't know who this is, this is your girl, Tiana Smalls, a.k.a. Coach Cooch. And you already know, this is the In My Bag podcast. I know you guys miss me, but a lot has been going on. So I said, you know what? I'm going to make sure episode three is full with a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Before we start this podcast, episode three, I want to talk about something that is very, 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 I don't know, like, it hurts my heart to talk about this, but it's like, we kind of got to talk about it because it's on everybody's mind. It is the murder of Nipsey Hussle. First of all, I want to give a big rest in peace shout out to Nipsey Hussle. He's the last person on earth that I think, that I thought would get murdered in Los Angeles because I know how many people love Nipsey Hussle and I liked Nipsey's Hussle last album. Um, I downloaded a few songs off of it. One of my favorite songs on that album is Last Time Did I Check. That's my song. That's my thing. And I like when he talks about, you know, uh, being a millionaire and doing it on your own. And believe it or not, Nipsey Hussle and I have a lot in common. One thing we have in common is the spirit of urban entrepreneurship. Wanting to open up things in our community. Wanting to better the community. Uh, How I started to get real close to the Nipsey Hussle brand was he had a documentary on YouTube about when he started this store up, Marathon Clothing Store, the clothing store in which he was murdered in front of. That's what makes it so sickening to me. But anyway, this documentary, in case you didn't see it yet, you could go on YouTube.com and check it out. And it was just showing, uh, like, basically he was breaking down, like, why would he bring a store like this to Crenshaw? And he was just showing, like, how he used to sell drugs in front of this store. And now he owns a store there. It's a smart store. They had hashtags and barcodes all over it. And it was also a way for people to buy his products. And I thought it was so genius. And I really related because at the time, I owned a cafe in my neighborhood of East New York called the Tea Room. And I just was motivated to do even more from that from that. So that made me really attached to the Nipsey Hustle brand. And then a girlfriend of mine went to go see him speak in a city. Her name is Ashley. She loves Nipsey. Um, she thinks he's a very innovative guy. She thought he was an innovative guy. So she would tell me more about what he's trying to do and for the hood. And then when I read the Forbes article about the fact that he bought the building, I was like, ah, oh, yes. I love it. So, um, you know, and that's one of my major goals is that I don't want to keep opening up businesses and other people's property. I mean, for the tea room, we spent a lot of money on paint. We spent a lot of money on getting it fixed up. And in the end of the day, when we had to move, we didn't own it. So I came to the realization that I want to buy a building for my next business. So that's what I decided to do. So that's what I'm working on right now. So that's what we kind of had in common. Now, you may not believe what I'm going to tell you next. You might be like, oh, everybody says that. But this is a true story, and I swear on my son. And you can ask my husband because me and him was having a conversation. So, basically, 
Um, my son went away for a week last week to his grandma's house. And she kept him for a week because we had things in Delaware that we had to do. But finally, baby cat stopped speaking to us because he thought we was going to keep him in Catskill forever. So we decided to go get him. Now, from Catskill to Delaware is a four-hour drive. So every song in my, <laughs> like, on my phone basically plays. So last time that I checked came on. You know, and that's, like I said, that's one of my favorite songs of Nipsey Hussle's. And it's like, like I said, I'm new to the Nipsey Hussle music brand, even though I have another story for you about Nipsey Hussle. But anyway, so when we was in the car, I was like, yo, babe, this is before he got killed. This is on the day he got killed on Sunday. I was like, yo, all he need is one more album and he going to be where he want to be at. My was like, you really think so? He was like, I like Nipsey. I was like, yeah. I said, but he be talking that ownership shit. He need a radio song, though. You know, something for the ladies. I was going in. So, finally we made it to Catskill. Everything was cool. And, you know, we stopped talking about him. Next thing you know, I'm leaving my sister-in-law house because we went to go visit my sister-in-law because she has a house in Catskill as well. Oh, and her house is gorgeous, by the way. But anyway, we're leaving. And my friend, Nakia, Vtox Beauty, Excuse me, I should be shocked. It's Vtox body. She was like, oh, it's crazy what happened to Nipsey. So out in Catskill, you know, the phones, I have Sprint. So out in Catskill, the phone does not work out there. So I'm like, what happened to Nipsey? I could not write her back because it just wasn't going through for some reason. So I said, you know what? Let me look on Gossip in the City. I don't know. Gossip in the City, what about y'all? That's like my favorite brand. It used to be called Famous. But now it's called Gossip in the City. So I said, if something happened to Nipsey Hussle, she'll have it on her page. And I was dead ass right because I go on her page and she has a video of Nipsey Hussle. I guess it was him on the floor getting resuscitated. So, and I gave it to that EMS worker. He was pumping his ass off trying to make sure that this man lived. And I'm like, damn, they put this on Instagram. They ODing like I don't agree with none of those videos, but the video showed me everything I need to see. In the video, it was very graphic. I didn't have the volume on because I don't. I'm a scaredy cat. I don't like to hear value. I don't like. To, I don't like to hear people crying. I'm just not good with crying and tears. I'm not that type of person, so I ain't put the volume on. But I can see in the video he's laid out, and it looked like he even had a shoe off, and his leg was twitching. And you from the hood, or you saw somebody die before? or you watch certain movies, you know that if you see a man on the floor twitching, head was like in like this towel, he was twitching. I was like, I don't think he made it. So I refreshed it because finally now we're on a highway going out of Catskill. So now the Sprint phone is working. And I refreshed my browser and I saw a rest in peace. She erased the terrible video of him getting resuscitated and put R.I.P. I said, get the fuck out of here. So, Cass likes Nipsey. So, I was like, let me not. When when Nakia first wrote me about Nipsey, I ain't tell Cass nothing. Because I know he's going to be like, we was just talking about him. That's crazy. So, I ain't say nothing. But when he when they said rest me, I was like, yo, babe. He was like, what? I was like, yo, they killed Nipsey Hustle. He was, he was like, you lying. We was just talking about him. I'm like, yo, that is fucking crazy. So, like I said, it's something that I never believed. Uh, what happened? Like, I what's so making this so sad for me? I can only speak from my perspective. Is that I hate when somebody is right there, right there to where they want to go, 
and then all of a sudden it's cut short. Whether they die, whether they go to jail, whether they lose their mind, like I hate it, but I especially hate death. When when somebody could wake up in the morning and decide they're gonna take life. Like something like that I really hate. And I I remember the Nipsey Hustle brand ten years ago because my husband's um friend at the time, they're not friends any longer, but at the time they were friends and he was doing a lot of marketing for Nipsey Hustle. So Nipsey was in Brooklyn a lot and he talked about Nipsey Hustle every day. And Nipsey at the time didn't blow up yet. And he just was like, yo, I'm 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 promoting him for free. He was doing mad work. And he was like, I'ma do it for free. I'ma do it for cheap because I know this man is gonna blow up. And he's he was right there to blowing up to that level, and once I started seeing him at the Rock Nation brunches, he got a good-looking girl on his hand. I said he built himself up now to be everything that he wanted to be, and then his life is cut short. Now, if you are on Instagram, you realize that with every death or everything comes a conspiracy. Now, since I don't feel like arguing with everybody that that's listening to in my bag right now, I will not say. That, oh, whatever you're thinking is not factual. A lot of people are saying that, oh, they think that uh, Nipsey got killed because he was about to do the documentary for Dr. C.B. Cybe, I don't know how you say it, and things of that nature. But I can just say I disagree. I don't want to argue about it because I know that everybody has their own opinion about it. But... This is why I disagree about that. I feel like, I feel like yes, it, that information that's going to be in that documentary is stuff that the government don't want you to find out about. But I also feel like it's very public information. You understand what I'm saying? I feel like whatever you, like they already blew the Dr. CB, CB, whatever. They blew that up already. Everybody knows what's in those documentaries. Whether or not people decide to listen to it. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows in the urban community that doctors are paid to put you on medication. Everybody knows that, you know, chemotherapy, a pack of chemotherapy is $60,000 that the hospitals get. So when you have cancer, they tell your ass to get on chemo versus you trying to drink something healthy and get herbs and things like that. So I think that is public information. I think personally, I can only say with Coach Cooch thing. I think niggas be hating. And let me tell you why I think niggas be hating. I believe niggas be hating because I have experienced trying to do something in the hood and seeing how much your hood really don't fuck with you or seeing how mad people be or seeing how your own family switch up on you. When I decided to open a tea room, it was like at the last part of my TV career. I was not having a show consistently I was doing a lot of talk shows and different things and then my main talk show got off the air like right after I opened the tea room that that was my real source of money so I was like I gotta bust a move so I can stay where I need to be so I decided to open up the tea room now what I thought when I opened up the tea room was that the whole hood was gonna show me love like oh my god I'm introducing you to natural juices. I'm introducing you to the fly shit that I drink. I don't drink cheap water. I don't drink cheap shit. 
I don't, I like apple juice, you know, I like certain kind of apple juice and stuff like that. So I'm a Martinelli's type of girl. I wanted to introduce that to my hood. And I already been on TV and everything like that. So it wasn't like, y'all didn't know who I am. Everybody knows who I am in East New York. That's just what, what it is. And if you don't know, you heard of me. In Brooklyn, period. New York, period. But anyway, make a long story short, when I opened the store on this specific block, I was not welcomed with open arms. People felt I thought I was better than them because I opened up a cafe. They wanted 75 cent bodega coffee with the cat running around all over the place. And I had to explain to them, in order for us to pay this rent, garbage bill, pay people to work here, pay cable, we have to have coffee that's not 75 cents. We have to sell coffee for really $4. But I sold coffee for $2 because I know what kind of hood I was in. And I brought a lot of different events to the neighborhood. And I had a store in the hood before. But it wasn't my hood that I had the store in. I had a store in Bedford-Stuyvesant. So I'm not thinking that any type of hate will come my way. However, hate, 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 hate is all I receive. See, on this podcast, we're going to keep it fucking real. Okay, and what's real is that your own people will turn against you when you do something that they did not expect you to do. People just thought I was gonna get my money on TV entertainment. It was like, okay, we can deal with you being on TV because if we don't want to watch you, we can turn the TV off. But the fact that we gotta see you every day in a hood, like at your store, is like, oh no, bitch. So imagine owning the whole building. And now I'm not gonna say that his hood didn't love him. L.A. love Nipsey Hussle. Anybody from the hood got to love Nipsey Hussle. Because you got to love any nigga that came out the hood and want to do more for themselves, for their community, for their family. And you can see the growth. I remember when um, Cass' old friend was promoting Nipsey. He was this like, coming up. So to see him reach that level is a beautiful thing. But it's something somebody told me in the hood one time. He was like, oh, if you was a guy, you'd have been, they would have been trying to come at you. And I was like, damn, word. Because at the end of the day... Now that you are who you are, they feel like any little thing you say to them is a threat. Or they feel like any, it could be any reason why people hate you. And when I look at the video, because they put the video of him being murdered on it, even though it's blurry. That guy came from like the side of the building, right? And then came back walking in. Even when the guy was walking up. Nipsey wasn't scared. Like, they ain't running nothing. See, you know what I'm saying? So you can see right there that he was comfortable in his own hood. But at the same time, you can't always be comfortable in the hood. Because the streets don't love nobody. So it was a meme up about, oh, when we call y'all, when we asking y'all black women, when we when we call our black men, when we call y'all, asking y'all where y'all went, who y'all with. We doing that because out of love and concern because... These days, people can hate your guts for no fucking reason. And I always hear people say like, oh, if you stunting on the hood, then they going to hate you. That shit ain't true. Because I ain't never stunting the hood. Even when I had a lot of money, my father used to be like, go your ass to the store. Because, you know, you know, people don't care if you're famous. I used to go on to the store for my, my, my parents or go here and, oh, you know, go live here. Go live in East New York with your sister. Like, they don't give a fuck. That you somebody. And I so I never stunned Because I always was in the hood. Even when I was on MTV. I would sit on the stoop. Talk to my parents. I was always in the hood still. So even when I didn't live in the hood. I was always there. So I never stunned Because that was always in my head. You stunt you getting killed. You know. Look at you know. Chain murder. All these people that was supposed to. Chain drugs. All these people that was supposed to make it. 
But when they stay in the hood, it's kind of like they don't make it long. But it's so sad that once you get on, you kind of got to like say fuck the hood. Then you cannot be accessible. Because in the end of the day, like this would have happened if Nipsey was at a basketball game or, or a boxing match. It would have been like, damn, okay, that happened. But to have that happen in front of the building that you bought, I'm disgusted with these fucking people. You know what I mean? And then they had a nerve to have a video of Lauren London running into the hospital. And it's like, it's just no privacy now. And then once you get the girl, you get the dream, you you own your own masses, people don't like it. So if it's a conspiracy, it could be a conspiracy against a lot of different things. It could be niggas in the hood hating. It could be the documentary. It could be niggas don't like you on your own masses. It could be somebody that just never liked you and was waiting for the day that you was caught slipping. And nobody had a gun. So that show you that niggas was caught slipping because at the end of the day, if you was going to be in the hood, you know what I'm saying? You got to have protection with you. I used to always think about that too, even when I used to be in the hood all day. Like, damn, if something happened right now, how would I protect myself? I don't carry a gun. And in New York, it's not a carry state. Delaware is, but New York is not a carry state. So there's a lot of factors that could have gotten to this. But it's so sad because since he didn't have a gun on him, it shows that he really wanted to do everything legit. But... It's just so sad that it all went down the way it went down. And I pray that Lauren and him was really married. Because when she ran in the hospital, she said, oh, that's my husband. But let's really pray. Because a lot of people say people are their husband and it don't really be true. I hope that she's married so she can make all the decisions. And I hope so because then she could be a charge of his estate. But when somebody get killed, everybody always say, oh, I feel so bad for Lauren London. No offense, but Lauren London, she'll be all right. I feel bad for the kids. He has a daughter that he took with him to the Grammys that look just like him. And he has a two-and-a-half-year-old son with Lauren London. And that's where their sad part going. You learned all this knowledge. You got all this money. You got the power, and you're getting the power. And now your son is two-and-a-half years old and is going to be raised without a father. And that's the shit I hate about crime. Because I'm not going to say black-on-black crime. I'm going to say crime in general. That's what I hate. When these guys, these little dirty, derelict-ass motherfuckers, yeah, and they found the guy who supposedly did it, or whatever the case may be. I don't understand how he went to go kill somebody in a white car, but that's a whole nother situation. But when these little dirty niggas go and kill somebody, they're not thinking about... The pain it has on their family. Not their girlfriends. I'm talking about the mother. The kids. Like, what the fuck? And that's what I don't like about all this crime stuff. And, you know, it's sad. But, you know, I used to talk a lot of shit about Jay-Z back in the day. Man, why he don't do this? Why he don't do that for the hood? And it's like... I, I think now what I've learned ever since I left the hood and closed the tea room in the hood, you have to help the hood from far away. And that is the fucked up shit about it. I'm going to say it again. You have to help the hood from far away because motherfuckers will find any reason to hate your guts. I promise you, sometimes I wish Coach Cooch never got on TV. Because when I got on TV, my relationship wasn't the same with my family after I got on TV. I'm not talking about my sisters. I'm talking about in general. Family was not the same. Now, every little joke that I made when I wasn't on TV is a fighting matter now that I was on TV. Because people feel low 
because of your accomplishments. But in the end of the day, what I eat don't make you shit. And we all got the same 24 hours in a day. And now I'm in real estate and finance and I'm still going to be a success because I make myself a success. I And God, and I study and I work on all of my shit. So therefore, if I can do it, you can do it. But that don't mean you will. Motherfuckers got to stop feeling like because somebody's successful, they're a threat. They're only a threat to your ego, your conscience. Y'all niggas out here be hating. And before we can even think about conspiracy theories, we got to think about the fucked up shit that goes on in our community. We got to think about how you see a girl every day in your hood. And because she dressed nice, she get her car, she be her horn or whatever the case may be. You don't like her for no fucking reason. Because she got a baby father and you don't. She got a backyard and you don't. She got a driveway. I mean, my friend, husband got killed uh, almost two years ago. And I remember having a conversation with her. Mind you, they left the hood and moved out of state, right? And I was talking to her one day. She probably don't even remember telling me this. I said, well, what you think happened? What happened to make your neighbor kill your husband? She said, the wife found out that she had one extra room than she had in her house. Then all of a sudden, this lady hated her guts. And once, they st- once the lady started hating her guts, the kids started to hate the kids. Next thing you know... Something happened, she called her husband, and he started to hate her husband, and he shot and killed her husband. That is some fucked up shit right there. Over one extra room. So that means that you can't even let people come and see your house. You got to downplay all your accomplishments in life. It's like you got to move in, not silence, you got to just move, don't even do nothing. Don't let nobody know shit. Nipsey was planning on turning that building into a big commercial mixed-use business building where you have the business on the bottom and you have the commercial on the top. That's what I'm doing my building. And you think people in the hood like that? You think that people like to see people make it? Because in their mind, when they see you from the same hood, you could went to the same high school they went to, you could have ate the same food, the same nasty-ass bodega, you could have been looking out the same window, but something about your view or vision was different? Motherfuckers don't like that. So I really, they like, you think it's hate? I totally think it's hate. Now, whether or not somebody paid this man to do it, maybe not. But the fact is, when he shot Nipsey, he kicked him. And that right there don't scream assassination to me. That scream, you was a mad nigga. A mad nigga. And the reason why Nipsey didn't run when he saw you, because you probably a mock-ass nigga. But like they said, a scared nigga will shoot you too. Don't sleep on a nigga that... Because he ain't got no real street shit in him. That don't mean nothing. Those be the main ones to try to kill a nigga. Because in their mind, they succeeded in life. Because they're going to be known for the rest of their life as the killer of a rapper. So then, ugly rapper. What's that ugly rapper name? The Dawson when I hate Dawson women. And we don't want his ugly ass anyway. Oh, I had his name. Kodak Black said. After he was heading to the hood when he found out what happened to Nipsey. And he decided not to go to the hood. Oh, you think? I mean, you another motherfucker that stay in the hood. What you think could happen to you? I'm glad, even if it's not, let's say it is the government. It happened in the hood, so now these rappers are going to wake up and see, like, if that can happen to Nipsey, it can happen to you. Nipsey was well-loved, well-respected, and you little niggas and you little rappers ain't. So you better go ahead 
and be careful. So I'm praying for his family. I'm praying for the state of the hood because it's so sad. Like I see women, I see men, I see grandmoms. My friend grandma wrote a poem about Nipsey. He really was influential and it's sad because, you know, you don't really get your love while you're here. All I got to say is give me my flowers. Coach Cooch wants her flowers while she's alive to to receive them. So please and thank you. I want my flowers while I'm alive to get them. I don't want y'all mother freaking so my oh my God. I love Tiana. Oh my God. She was the best thing ever in the world because I feel like that sometimes. Like when you follow me, if you want to follow me, you can follow me right now at Coach Cooch. When you follow me, you get business advice, credit advice, I'm going to help you, encourage you. I'm going to show you my real life. I show y'all me without any eyebrows. I feel like I'm a very influential person online. I don't have 100,000, 200,000 followers, but I don't care about followers. I care about the dollars. And I don't always get the right props. When somebody say, oh, tag somebody to inspire you. I don't always get the right props. But then I realize that people love you when you're not around. And that is, and that is, I know that. And I know that I will be a legend one day. So I don't really I don't really um like stress it all out, you know? So let's talk about something else because I've been sad all week and this podcast was supposed to come out on Monday, but it didn't come out because the Nipsey thing was just really on my mind a lot. And I don't know why I was so devastated because you know I was around, you know, when Tupac died. I was 13 years old. I had a slumber party with tacos, and all my girls came over, and it was the best slumber party ever in life, and I was turning 13, and all the girls came in my slumber party crying, talking about, oh my God, Tupac got killed, and it was like, you was young then, so it was like, oh, you felt terrible, especially after that, Live and Die in LA video came out, and I was like, oh, that was my favorite, that's one of my favorite videos, by the way. I was so sad about it. And then I remember when I was a little, you know, like 12, when Biggie died, I remember my sister was devastated, crying, ran to the room, knocking on my parents' door, skipping school to go see Biggie, uh, you know, tribute. So I was around those days. But for some reason, this hurts a lot because potential, the potential. It's like every time a black man makes it to his potential, it's like, it's like, fuck. What happened? So now all we got left in the real category is Meek Mill. So we better appreciate Meek Mill a little bit more. All right? Appreciate him. Give that man some credit a little bit more now. Help him with his prison reform things. You know what I mean? Let's help him a little bit more. Because now we're running out of options. These rappers now is corny. I don't like none of them new ugly rappers at all. And I don't care. I do not like them. They're all ugly and they have no message. I don't like people with no message. Anyway, so I want to give a shout out really quickly while we change topics a little bit. And the shout out I want to give is to a young lady I follow. Her name is Sheena. You can follow her on Instagram. It's I-A-M-S-H-E-E-N-A underscore E. And she really uh, educated me that it was Autism Awareness Month. And I want to give a shout out to anybody that's listening to the sound of my voice that's going through autism with their children 
Um, I want to learn more about it. So I don't really comment about certain diseases because I don't really, or disorders, because I don't really know about it. See, I don't know if you're supposed to call it a disorder. I don't know if you're supposed to call it a disease. But I want to give a shout out because um, it's April and it is Autism Awareness Month. I still got blue nails on, so I might keep it so I can represent autism. And a few girlfriends of mine, their kids um, have autism. And reason why we don't like to give certain vaccinations while the baby is too young is because, um, you know, you're afraid of those things happening to your children. And what's creative or different about Sheena is that her daughter has autism. And I haven't really came across a lot of people whose daughter has autism. So I'm definitely going to try to get on the show one day so she can give us some type of knowledge about it because these are the things that the black community need to talk about. You know, on In My Bag, I don't want to just talk celebrity shit. I want to talk about real shit, and I want to get down to what is really going on. For an example... I'm trying to get my son in school out here because for the last two years, baby Cass has stayed home um, with him, well, me and his father, and he has stayed home, and I have taught him. He's very smart. He knows his alphabet. He knows his numbers. He's very smart. He's not potty trained yet. I'm working on it, guys. Do not shoot me. And now it's time for him to go to school with me getting into finance and working in real estate it's like me having two jobs right now and Cass gotta you know get his stuff and everything in order so we really need him to get in school boy when I tell you the state of Delaware is getting on my last fucking nerves I'm talking about you gotta get TB shot I'm like a TB shot for a two-year-old I called his I called his uh pediatrician I'm like well what do you think about him getting a TB shot she's like you know Two, two years old, a TV shot. Come on. They want to get a lead screening. I mean, they are putting me through the freaking wire for all of these things. So I will keep you guys posted about when Cass is going to get into school. But it will be soon. But God freaking damn. Okay? Anyway, I have some other happy news I want to share with you guys. Well, nothing was happy so far because that school shit definitely ain't happy. But I want to share that New York Undercover. You remember that show back in the day with J.C. Williams, you know, and Eddie, what was his name on it? Eddie Torres and Nino Moreno. That's my show. New York Undercover is making a comeback, and I couldn't be more happy about that. First of all, I am I was born in 84. You know, I'm an 80s baby. And I love New York Undercover. And I am, like, so excited to see that New York Undercover is making a comeback. Because, you know, I'm not going to lie. I've been feeling real salty about all of these WP show, white people, shows coming back. I felt so, like, aggravated about that, you know. And I was like, damn, they ain't bring back girlfriends. They ain't bring back living singles. So why they bring them back for everything and don't want to bring back any of the black shows? But they said, bitch, we knew we was going to hit your mouth. So they bringing back New York on the cover. And I am so excited about it. I can't even contain it. I'm so excited about it, you know. And I'm glad to see that Nino Moreno will be back. J.C. Williams will be back. I just want to make sh- Here's the thing, though. I'm a little scared, though, because I don't want New York on the cover to lose its judge. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want it to be like 
not what I remembered as a kid because I loved it so much. They had all the new up-and-coming celebrities, all the good actors, you know, that was young and they did New York on the cover, all the good storylines that they took out of the newspaper and made it a storyline. And Dick Wolf, oh, my God, he's amazing. So, And they got, like, a new young black guy that's the director now. So I want to see where they take this. I just hope they don't mess up the history because... They could mess up some history. You remember they did, well, I don't like the movie Belly, but remember they did Belly 2 with Game and all that stuff? Like, I don't like when they do stuff like that, when they mess up. And then they was trying to bring back the movie Juice at one point. They was trying to get the funding for that, but nobody wanted to mess up, you know, the movie Juice with having a sequel. So, we'll, <clears throat> we'll, we'll really see about that, okay? So, let's get to something else I wanted to talk about. I'm only going to talk briefly about this, but I have to bring it up because I'm not a phony person to my listeners and my viewers. And I know y'all always want to know my opinion about something. So, I said, you know what? I'm going to talk about it briefly, but I can't talk about it too much because when you know the people that you're about to discuss, it becomes it's a thin line between uh, gossip and friendship or cool ship. So... A lot of you guys was asking me um, last week about Monica um, and Shannon Brown. As you probably already know, or as TMZ told you guys, that Monica filed for divorce. Now, everybody was hitting me up like, Tiana, what do you know about this? First of all, one thing I try to never do is discuss marriages with my friends. I don't ask them anything about their marriages. They don't ask me anything about my marriage. All they say was, oh, how's Baby Cass? How's Big Cass? He's great. He's fine. Baby Cass is walking, talking. God is good. So I didn't ever ask Monica anything about her relationship. And I'm not going to give y'all my full opinion about anything that I have analyzed about their relationship. All I can say is, I don't like a lot of light-skinned couples, but I like Monica and um, Shannon because they're two different kind of light-skinned. So I always say if you're going to be a light-skinned couple, one got to be a dark light-skinned and one got to be a light light-skinned. Or it's just got to look good together. And I think that Monica and Shannon looks great together. I also think that marriage is tough. And I think that sometimes you may think it's over and it's not really over. Or sometimes you got to scare a nigga because sometimes... With, with, as a woman, sometimes you got to leave a nigga for him to understand that you're not playing. Because men don't think they could be left. So sometimes you got to be the one to show them, like, I'm not here for the bullshit. And if I'm not happy, I'm not going to keep going. I'm one of those people. I can't. I don't know how to be unhappy. You see, and that's why when I get remarried next year, because I'm doing, I'm doing not Jackie Christie every year, but every five years I want to get married. So it will be five years from next year, though, because... Every five years is a big birthday for me, so I don't want to share my birthday and my wedding date on the same date. But So next year will be six years for me, so I'm going to have a ceremony. And the one thing I want to talk about is I want to redo my vows, of course, even though my father is against doing your vows over. But the reason why I want to do my vows over is because there's something, certain things in marriage that um, I don't really believe in. And one of the things is like, uh, for better, for worse. So for better, for worse to me come with contingencies. You understand what I'm saying? So for better, for worse. Yes. Like, okay, your bread ain't right. I'm down. I'm gonna deal with you. But if you're like treating me for worse and you beat my ass or you cheating on me or you, you robbing me or you have a baby on me, I'm not going to stay with you. So I don't want to lie in my vows. You know, I think a lot of times people just say whatever when they're getting married. But now after almost five years of being married, I realize that love comes with contingencies. And 
That doesn't mean, and I don't mean for the vanity stuff. I, you know, that I'm not talking about the, you know, ride with your man, be honest with your man, not cheating. I'm talking about when you love someone, you got to love the soul of them. You got to really, like, be down for them because every time ain't a good time. And you're going to have those trying times. And talking about that, you know, talking about marriage, rather, my parents is married 35 years as of March 31st. They were married 35 years. Their anniversary was March 31st. That was the day that Nipsey got killed. My parents' anniversary. That's also the day Selena got killed. So March 31st is a popular killing day. So be careful. Because what happened was, too, my parents always tell the story. So I'm going to tell you guys for you before they come on the show one day. When they, when they woke up from getting married for their honeymoon, Marvin Gaye got killed by his father on April 1st. Of 1984. So they always tell that story. So there's a lot of people to get killed during that, that time period. But anyway, make a long story short. And what I've realized from my parents being married 35 years, which is my whole life, is that love is pure. Love is pure. Love is happiness. And if you're with someone and you're not fucking happy with them and they're not trying to make you happy in no kind of way, you have to move on with your life. Marriage is not... A slave trade. Marriage is not, oh, we're married, so you got to accept every fucking thing that I throw at you. No, marriage is commitment. Marriage is your tie with that man and God. So when you break that tie with God by fucking a heifer or beating your wife ass or doing whatever these nasty husbands do these days, then you broke your part of the deal. And when you break your part of the deal, like how Wendy's husband did, and have a baby and all that, I'm supposed to sit there and take that because I'm your wife? Wife does not mean slave. Wife is not spelled S-L-A-V-E. Your wife supposed to be your pride, your joy, your woman that you put on a pedestal. That is your wife, your queen. Okay, your queen on a chess table. And that's why I don't respect people like T.I., people like him that got the best wife in the world, but want to go ahead and preach to other motherfuckers and can't even handle their business with their woman. I don't like people like that. And I'm laughing because <laughs> every time I would talk about T.I., his sister, God rest her soul, she used to follow me. And every time I would talk about T.I., a mouthful of fur on, on Instagram, oh boy, she'll be like, yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. But then she'll like like five of my pictures, like... I was like cracking up because she liked me, but she did not like that. I would talk about her brother. So sorry, precious. I know you in heaven looking down at me talk about T.I., but that's why I don't like his ass. I don't like people that talk all that shit and want to tell people what to do and what to wear and who to protest. And they can't even make sure that they queen is good. Your queen is the most powerful piece of your life. So you got to make sure that you make your queen happy and vice versa. I always tell my husband this all the time. If you ever wake up and I'm not the one to make you happy, you have to leave me. And that's okay. Because at the end of the day, you're not supposed to stay with nobody that you're not happy with. That's the problem, especially with black people. We are taught that we're just supposed to take, take, and take. Take the pain. Take the tears. Take the whoopings. No. We don't have to take that to be happy. It's time for black women especially to be happy. It's time to see your glow. It's time for you to glow up. It's time for you to be the queen that you are. You don't have to accept that. So if you are a queen and you consider yourself a queen and you consider yourself a bad bitch, whatever you want to claim yourself to be, then you got to carry yourself like that. And what a man don't understand is that a man is the king and a man 
is the person that can make people look at you beneath you. For example, with Wendy. All that shit she went through. Now this man had a baby on you. Nobody gonna respect what Wendy gotta say on that show. That's why she's taking a hiatus. And that's another thing. She better be lucky I'm not in New York because I be trying to take a job. But I'm not in New York and I don't want her job. I want my own shit. But the reality of it is, is that that man brought down her notches. Like I said on another show before. If I can't talk my shit, I can't be with you. Because I'm Tiana Smalls. I like to talk shit. I like to walk around here feeling proud. Pride. Pride. Well, I like to feel proud. I, I just put something up on Instagram about that. Like, everything's not about your vanity. You got to love your inner self. And that's the thing when people understand. You accept bullshit from a man when you don't love yourself. But what I got tatted on me is I love me. That reminds me every day in any situation I may be, whether it's with my kid, whether it's with my husband, whether it's with my parents, whether it's with my sisters, whether it's with a family member, I love me. So I got to wake up in the morning and feel good about my motherfucking self. And I feel so great about myself that you're just nothing but add on to what I feel about myself. You understand what I'm saying? You got to love yourself. So if you love yourself, you're not going to accept any crap. And trust me. One thing I will say about Monica, she's a Scorpio. And Scorpio women, when they with you, they with you. They don't be with a lot of women, though. But they with their man, they love their man. I can tell you, like, my sister is a Scorpio, and she got married. She changed her last name right away. I'm talking about the next second. I mean, Smalls was out, Cooper was in. She loves her husband. She got pictures up. Let me tell you, I've been married almost five years. And I'm just starting to put pictures up. Of me and my husband up in the house. Because I never had it when we was living in Brooklyn. And I'm like, dad, we really need pictures. You know what I mean? My sister got pictures up already. She just got married in October. When they love, they love hard. So if they decide to file divorce on you, that means that you did something that is just out of pocket. Or they're feeling a certain way that's just this crazy and out of pocket. You had to do something. They're not like Virgos. Me, you look at me the wrong way. I'd be like, oh my God, like what is this? But like I said, marriage is difficult. So I won't sit here and talk bad about Shannon because I don't know anything about Shannon. And I won't say what I analyze about Shannon because at the end of the day, um, when Monica and him get back together, if they ever do in life, I don't want to be the friend or the homegirl that said something out of pocket about your, about her husband. I'm not that girl. So I will not do that. But what I will say is it takes a strong woman to walk away. Because you know what? Nowadays we are taught to just stay, 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 stay. You're married. You need to stay. You need to take whatever it is uh, that they're offering you. And we don't have to take it. So like I said, if Monica goes through this divorce, for some reason I don't think she's going to go through it. I don't know why I feel that way. I don't feel he's going to let her go that easily. Because he know Monica popping right now. Like, you know, she'll get her a new man. Trust me. People like Monica. They like they like Monica. They like that church look. Then when she got ahead and button that shirt, she got on tats and hood. And let me tell you something. Monica, you, what? Monica is hood. And she loves the hood. And she is country hood. So don't make me bring her to New York. Them dudes will be after. And she got money. So she got a man with some cash. So, uh. Please don't even don't even think about it. Um, so besides that, I want to talk about you know I want to talk about before I go. I want to talk about Cardi and everything like that. I see Cardi's calming down a lot 
on social media. That is good. I know a lot of you guys heard about how they was trying to call Cardi a rapist and everything. And I'm glad this happened away for her because I think it's time to stop sharing online. I mean, it becomes an overkill. I remember when I first got in the industry, I used to always share everything I was going through with my family, anything with my husband. Well, at the time, he was my boyfriend. Anything I would tell everybody on social media but as i got older i realized that nobody gives a fuck about what you're going through on social media they just want a reason to talk shit and when you tell your business on social media you're giving people a chance to like talk shit about you and since i don't want to hear nobody's motherfucking opinion i don't put anything about my business up on social media so you know what a hard head make a soft ass and i'm sure i'm sure uh, Cardi people was telling her like don't talk about certain things and now she's realizing that any little things that uh, you talk about can get you know taken out of out of content so like I said I'm glad she's calming down she's realizing too that she's a celebrity and that's something that I'm hoping that the death of Nipsey Hussle show people that's in the public eye that you are a celebrity now you may have not been before but you are now. And that's all that uh, matters. And <laughs> I don't know what's going on with J.R. Smith. You know, he used to be a thotty. Now he a husband and all that. But he got a butt naked picture up on Instagram. You guys, check it out. He posted it yesterday. Check it out, boy. He got his thighs out. He acting like he holding the baby. But he trying to be a bad bitch on Instagram. You know, guys be wanting to be a bad bitch too now. Don't let, don't sleep on him. And then his wife probably got a mask. So she, he probably was like, I'm going to show my goodies today. And my girl Keisha Cole cut her hair. Well, I'm going to say take her weave out. <laughs> she looks nice. I, I like it. I'm, I'm feeling it. But um, that's all. I'm going to come back later on this week with another podcast because I know I owe you guys. But uh, we'll talk more about other things uh, next episode. But for this episode, I just feel so sad, you know. And this episode was dedicated to Nipsey Hussle. Yesterday, Lauren London finally went on Instagram and posted some personal pictures. And she basically said, I am completely lost. I've lost my best friend, my sanctuary, my protector, my soul. I'm lost without you. We are lost without you, babe. I have no words. So fucking sad. Mm. I tell you what, I would never want to be her. Oh, this is just, you know, when you finally find a man that love you back and want to be with you too. And, you know, you, you seeing the makings of a boss. You seeing the makings of a next Jay-Z, a next Diddy. And now he's just gone and it's just so freaking just so freaking sad so yeah the show is dedicated to Nipsey Hussle I'll see you guys later on this week and we can talk more and chat more okay all right once again it's your girl Tiana Smalls aka Coach Cooch make sure you check me out on Instagram at instagram.com slash Coach Cooch, C-O-A-C-H-C-O-O-C-H. And let me know what you think about the show, all right? Let me know. In my bag, episode three, over and out. I'm in my bag, in my bag, in my bag. Peace.